pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game on Rock 101.1, live from the Bubba's 33 at the South Plains Mall, with Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott. Well, hello and happy uh, early Memorial Day weekend. Might as well just get it started now. It's a three-day weekend, but if you, if you like, leave work now and come out here to Bubba's 33, it's almost like it's really a, a four-day weekend at that point, and why not? I'm like thinking, you like that? Yeah, I'm just thinking. Just make it a week yeah. bender there. Just go for it. Live it up. You know, all these schools got half days today. Yeah. Half day of work. Right. Yeah. You're working harder than kids are working at school yeah. this week, I guarantee you. So, yeah, take take that off. All right, coming up today on the Rockin' Pregame Show, we'll talk to Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout um, as uh, the Red Raiders walk off the Sooners last night. Also, head coach Paul Gilbert from the Lubbock Matadors will be dropping by. And uh, we got recruiting and I don't know who who really knows what else. I guess <laughs> got some tater tots on the way here. So you know, uh, this is the kind of the first. This is like the official unofficial kickoff of summer. Does that make yeah, any sense? Yeah, it It's always like summer is like Memorial Day to Labor Day, and uh, that's not you know the summer solstice and everything. But it, it's just kind of the way you think about it, right? You know, you just want to. Have you guys you guys got any big plans for uh, Memorial Day weekend or? Well, we're going to see my my boy and I. We're going to see family in uh, the Metroplex. So I'm excited about that. And then in the middle of the week, I'm taking a flight down to Padre. Dang, um, man. To meet my my buddy of like, my girlfriend calls him my partner in crime. We've been friends since we were 12. So we're wow. freshman roommates at Tech together and all that. So, so you got like a like a eight day weekend coming up. Or something, <laughs> I right? mean, man, I'll sprinkle nice. in some work here and there. I've been. Loading up, planning, you know, to... We'll, we'll uh, try not to inconvenience you too much. All right. <laughs> I pray for your liver. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's see if I survive and make it back, for sure. Uh, Pete, you got any big plans? Or? Oh, just my daughter, Bella, graduates tomorrow night in Coronado at the, you know, the supermarkets arena at 6, and then her birthday, 18th birthday, is Monday. So, uh, you know, it's all about her this weekend. Yeah, well, my daughter's in town from coming back uh, schools out for her so she came back for the weekend to hang out a little bit so i'll be firing up the grill there and you go it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weekend of all american i mean we're doing you know burgers hot dogs sausage wraps that kind of stuff i love cooking on the grill this is one of those holidays to me it's like go go with the traditional uh, grill fare you know there you go you were yeah. telling me some of the stuff you were doing before though a couple weeks ago those, yeah that, those that, slow that, cooks those yeah, slow like, briskets oh yeah. man i got, some, so I got yeah. some pork loin that we're going to do pork loin it sounds like a personal brisket. problem <laughs> i hope your loins are okay <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's good but Sean, bacon, you should have never bacon, spoken up, man. Bacon wrap pork loin. All right, well, well, Sean, gird your loins for this. <laughs> Time to take the pulse of the Red Raider Nation <laughs> with Sean. our rockin' reality check. All right. Pete, I always like when you start because it really? always sets the tone, yeah. I, oh, I don't know. First off. You're uh, a little sleepy today or something. I'm, I'm Is tired. it the weather? I, I, well, I, st- you know, I got all this emotion from my daughter. You know, mm. yeah, so yeah. many people have had people graduate in their families. It's the first for me. Uh, you know, mm. and then I got a boy who's a freshman, but, uh, 
Uh, it's, I mean, I've been crying a lot. I'm going to cry right now. Oh, I no. just, you know, it's emotional. That is, and I so understand. I'm super excited for I her. Agree. But uh, I'll switch uh, gears real quick. Uh, I was up late last night watching that Red Raider game. I, you know people turned off the channel. But, man, you can never give up. you got to keep battling. Uh, man, they were down 5 nothing. They were down 9-5, got it to 9-7, and then uh, got three runs in the bottom of the ninth and won it. Uh, first time they've won two in a row in the Big 12 championship under Tim Tadlock, and first time since 1998. Which and, is incredible. Right. As good as they've been in going yeah. to the World Series. So, uh, you know, maybe this team that, you know, has disappointed us some this year uh, might do something, you know, and, and win this whole thing. So they got a chance now. They're in the driver's seat. Uh, they play 12:30 Saturday against the Oklahoma Oklahoma State winner from today, and they're going to have to beat Tech twice. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm excited for that. And then I think now uh, we can stop talking about RPI and are, are they going to get in the tourney? They're in, and I'm excited for them on that. And then the other thing I just want to mention is. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to mention it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you, now, you, no, hold on for number one, just in case. What? Playboy Pete? No, it's not angry. Okay, just making sure. Oh, no, it's not angry. No, okay. so, you know, I, I've been looking at some of the blessings I've been getting in my life. So last Sunday, uh, they did the honoring the seniors at church. And so I'm driving the, to, 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 to the church and, uh, you know, it hits me that, you know, this coming Saturday with graduation, that's going to be nice and good. But really, for a spiritual guy like me, this was a Super Bowl moment for me. My daughter's going to be honored in church. They're going to pray over her, give her a personalized Bible. So they do all that, and it's as great as I thought it was, and I'm bawling and stuff. And then they have us come up in front of the church, and then everybody comes by and thanks us, all the good men and women in my church. And then there's a woman I don't know, and she says to my daughter, Man, I can't, I can't believe I was here for this. This is amazing. And then she comes by to me, and she drops her name. And I had to I realize 12 years ago, I hadn't seen this woman in 12 years. She helped me. You know, nobody goes undefeated. I struggled 12 years ago, and this woman pulled me up out of the, the mire I was in. And uh, I was amazed. I was like, why is she here? And so I ran and said to her, I can't believe you're here. As she says, I can't believe I was here. And I said, what are you doing here? And she says, uh, my husband was out of town, and uh, I just hopped in my car to go to a different church, and I ended up at yours. And I said, that, that's unbelievable. Wow. And so uh, it's just, there's a little more to the story there, but just, uh, you know, God really blessed me last Sunday. So uh, tomorrow's a blessing, too, with my daughter graduating. So uh, nothing fun, no uh, getting handcuffed or anything. I mean, this is all, you know, it was, it's all good stuff this week for me. Getting handcuffed. What? Well, we I, talked about Playboy that last Pete. <laughs> we talked about that last week. Anyone so. warm for his fourth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. There you go. No, Pete, you, that's, 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 really, that's really nice, though. Yes. I'm, I'm glad yeah. to see yeah. you being it's here. I know it's very yeah. emotional when yeah, no, kids yeah. are graduating, yeah. and especially a daughter. It yeah. just, it's, a, it's an extra layer of just... Yeah, you and, know, you know, there's does. a lot of junk out there today, but, man, you know, she stayed the course, and, uh, you know, she's going to go to tech. Oh, and that's the other thing I want to mention. One of the guys, I think he's valedictorian or one of them, uh, he is going to Texas. And so, I'm, well, I'm flipping through <laughs> Bella's Instagram the other day, which I'm, I don't look at her stuff. I don't want to see what she does with her friends. <laughs> and I see a picture of him, horns up, and her wearing tech, horns down in Very his nice. face. And I'm like, man, I taught that girl well. I don't care about the A's or the B's. I care about horns down. I'm so proud of Bella. 
Well, that's awesome, yeah. Jared. You, what, what, what do you got? Follow that, man. That's... Well, uh, I think, first off, I'm touched by uh, what Pete said about, uh, you know, and I, of course, I respect everyone's uh, beliefs and all, uh, all, all, the, all those things. But uh, as a fellow Christian and, you know, in some of the tough times, like you said, nobody goes undefeated that I've had since we've known each other and right. you being there for me and some of the things you've done that uh, Pete's not grandstanding. He's not acting like this. Uh, when when the cameras come on or the radio comes on, uh, like I say about Kingsbury, Pete's a really good guy. He's been there for me. He's been there for so many people. So I, I'm not surprised that you have those kind of moments. And yeah. man, I, heck, I, I had to keep from tearing up just from junior uh, uh, graduating to elementary. <laughs> yeah. So I can't. Yeah, that's yeah. a big time too. I man. can't. And I always kind of scoffed. Speaking of. Scoff. Uh, when people talk about like elementary, middle school, I'm like, come on, you know. But when it's your own kid, you're like, yeah. you know, and you think about your life and what you what you've yep. gone through together and all that. You're like, man, you know, like, yeah. I got a mouse sitting there in the middle of like their, their cafeteria. There, it's a friendship elementary, uh, friendship ISD, and so, so it was packed. And I was, you know, it, trying not to, my man allergies <laughs> come out, right. you know, like trying to play it off. But uh, so I get it. I can't imagine uh, high school and the fact that she's going to tech. Like, that's that's awesome. In terms of Texas Tech, I mean, look, it's almost June. There's no football or basketball. Yes, it's great to see with baseball them winning. Like you said, they solidified their spot in the tournament. And then, hey, it's Tim Tadlock. Let's see what he could do, you know, uh, and, and, his, and his team once they get in the tournament. Um, to me, it's mission accomplished with the Big 12 tournament. Uh, big recruiting weekend's coming up. Uh, official visitors, we're going to talk about that in basketball. I really like the way... Uh, Grant McCaslin is rounding out his roster, uh, so good things there. Uh, it's been, I think it's been slow for some people, but for me it's been right on schedule. Uh, I can see the uh, method. I can see the uh, what he's trying to go for to fill out his roster for his plan. Will it work? We'll see. <laughs> but uh, there's plenty to talk about in terms of recruiting, but for me it's like this is the calm before the storm. we got Big 12 Media Day coming up in July, and that really signals uh, the start of another season. I'm expecting, like many people, and word's gotten out, I'm expecting a great season next year for Texas Tech football, and it's going to be crazy no matter what. We had Joey McGuire on last week, and uh, he was great. He's the real deal. And uh, I'm just I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to kind of have this. We talked about our summer plans, to have this kind of calm before the storm. But then I'm, I'm ready for next year, boy. I, I'm, I'm ready for the football season, and I'm ready for uh, – just to see what Graham McCaslin's about, it, you know, uh, steering the Texas Tech basketball ship. Are we inside 100 days yet to the first football game? Yeah, we are. Yeah. 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 So okay. it's right there. Yeah. That's, yeah. When, once it gets inside 100 days, it's, it, it goes by pretty fast. I yeah. can't wait. I love college football. Well, you got man. 99 That's, problems, but Tech football's not one. Oh, Ooh, very Lord, Look nice. at that. Bring the heat, Pete. Man. <laughs> Golly, that is I just nice. can't wait to see the new field. The, the, yeah. Because they got the new turf coming down. Yeah. Plus... I'm not trying to pick on you, but are you really excited to see the new field? I'm I'm ready. I'm really excited <laughs> to see what they're what they're doing because the future. <laughs> Just being real. The future. Like I'm not excited to tech. see the new field. No, the future of tech. You know that field's been there. You know you're gonna have the south end zone. That it, that sounds cool. I can't wait for that. I south hope it's gonna be done. They say yeah. there See, were that's just, what I want to know. Right. When you yeah. asked McGuire last week, I felt like he paused for yeah, a second. Yeah, he was like, well. Because, but, but it's not in his control. It's not. No. In, and, and, you know, we don't know weather and stuff. It's not in the construction control. You just don't know. Well, think Let's about hope. all this rain we've been having now. Right. That probably sets it back a, a tad, you know. So it's it'll be interesting to see. 
I mean, the, the field, it'll be they're, nice and turf, seven, but, seven but, you know, it'll be green week, turf. So. And I thought you'd be looking game, forward to winning the bowl game. <laughs> Sean, you're not going to win today, so you might as well just forget it. It's <laughs> or, not he's, or, or, or I thought he'd be nope. happy wrapping his pork Oh, he's okay. plotting his revenge on all of us. Y'all know that. <laughs> and, like. and, and you know it will come. Yes. <laughs> you, but where, remember, where's, he, that, where's that angry Pete picture? He started it. I couldn't let that slide. You're excited about the field? I'm excited about the whole thing. I can't wait to see the new turf at Joe Stadium. Come on, bro. Okay. Okay. We're going to play this game? All right. Okay. Oh, Oh, man. All right. Um, All right. We come back here. Love Uh, you, Sean. Appreciate you, man. Remember, remember, you're a great guy. Remember, remember who edits your audio. And- uh oh, uh oh, oh man, Sean, you're the consummate professional, yes, and I know indeed. you wouldn't do anything to embarrass anyone. So, yeah, good guy. Oh yeah, says the people who are like, hey, let's pick on Sean today. It's just your turn, man. That's all it is. Welcome to the clown show. Oh man, I don't know why that's so funny, but it just is. <laughs> Of all the, all the things to get excited about. You guys are just, you guys are just, football. <laughs> hey, football stadium, because that right there, you've got to, it, it shows oh, the future of what. Now, the south end zone, no, all the no, stuff yeah. they're doing I, there, I'm like, I get about, it. I'm talking about the whole project. What about right, the lights? Right. Are you excited about the lights? Yeah, I, I really like it. I really, <laughs> they, really they're like those the LEDs, aren't they? they yeah. Turn them, turn them on and off and flash the, and all The that. players That's are cool, excited yeah. about that. Yeah. Don't you think they'll do some groundskeeping around there, too? I'm interested I'd like to see what they do with that. Maybe they What's have maybe they shrubbery. have a twenty four hour camera on it. You know, shrubbery? you can watch them. I would like to see the shrubbery. <laughs> Our boss do. don't knock the, the camera. Our boss has that in his office and he watches it every single day. Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. He has the camera of the construction. Does he think it's gonna be done? Does he have a vision looking at it? Um, we talk about it a yeah. few times a week yeah. about the project. <laughs> we look at it and go, wow, I, I, I don't think they're going to make it. Or yeah. I think they do. Or, I mean, you know, it's it's very exciting. They're working seven so, days a week, so they'll get it yeah. done. Yeah, they will. And they got lights. I mean, they can, you know, certainly work 24 hours a day if they have to. And I'm sure there'll be some pressure on them to do that. They're probably getting some kind of bonus if they can get it finished, I would imagine. I think, think some kind of a, an But that could be an out from McGuire. Hey, they're real busy. I, I don't have time to get on the crane. Oh, he sounds like he wants to bump the ball. Yeah, he wants to do. I think he'll do it like a triple flip. He wants to base jump off it or yeah. something. <laughs> he wants He's to do crazy, it. Man. So. Um, all right. Well, listen. Let's. Uh, we, I've got tater tot steed over here. But uh, <laughs> brought me my food. It must be recruiting time. <laughs> That's right. Which I'm excited. Man, this food looks great. So here, above us, by the way. Yeah. That, yeah. Really. Get out here and uh, I mean, start your three day weekend early. But uh, coming up next here, inside the Red Raiders recruiting. I guess we'll start with we get a couple segments of recruiting that we'll do. Let's and do we'll, it. Uh, let's start with basketball. Is that cool? Let's go. You good? Or we can start with track or something if you want. But I think we'll stick with basketball. Yeah. All right. I'm just throwing that out there. All right. uh, We'll get you updated on basketball recruiting for Texas Tech when we come back here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Live from Bubba's 33 in Rockin'. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Wiley Implement, Pete's Tires, and Chrome. Inside the Red Raiders recruiting with Jarrett Johnson. All right, before we get to that, man, Louis, I, I don't know what it was. I was craving tater tots today. 
So they look and guys, smell amazing. So oh, watch really, back. They're really good. I'll be enjoying these while you update us on recruiting here. But let's start <laughs> I'm going to make you talk. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. No, I'll just use hand signals. That's that's effective on the radio. Um, but no, start with basketball. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, what's it? Jackson, the decommitted. Jason Jackson, a high flying yeah. guard out of Florida. Um, he's a. I can't remember if he's a four star or a high three star. He's a borderline four star guy, but not doesn't have a ton of offers. Um, he was an Al Pinkins recruit, uh, you know, assistant coach from the previous staff. And, uh, you know, he actually signed his letter of intent, uh, I think, in November. Uh, and then, obviously, the complete program overhaul, new coaching staff, Grant McCaslin coming in after Mark Adams uh, left. And, uh, you know, Austin Massey, I guess the best way to say it is Austin Massey, our uh our head basketball recruiting analyst on Inside the Red Raiders have been reporting for a while. Don't expect Jason Jackson to be here for a couple of reasons. One, he is attached to Al Pinkins, but then also, you know, the tech staff doesn't appear to be very high on him. And that turned out to be the case. And so he actually, Jason Jackson, announced formally on Twitter last week, I believe, uh, that he was decommitting from Texas Tech. And that was kind of anticlimactic because, it was known and expected he wasn't going to be on the roster uh, for, for why I mentioned. And there was actually some debate, friendly debate, uh, between a couple of people on the board. I thought we'd, you know, we'd bring it to, to the radio show uh, on is this the right thing to do? Should a, co- a new coaching staff honor the previous commitment and letter of intent, which is another level of seriousness uh, than just a commitment, verbal commitment, uh, or not? Should they not have to uh, honor that that commitment, that letter of intent of the previous staff, and my take is no. It's a brand new world. Maybe a decade ago, I would have said, yeah, you should, you know. But this isn't a guy. He should be able to find some place. It's not like some guy where he, you know that was his only uh, you know chance to play college basketball. But then more than that, look, players have more options now. They're getting paid real money, uh, especially in you know, basketball. It's ridiculous uh, nil money. They have more options to transfer. They just have more options in general than, than what we're used to for most of our lives. You know, uh, when coaches could just up and leave and uh, then players would be stuck or they'd have to sit out a year when they transferred. It's just that's not the reality of, of the situation for players anymore. So to me, I, the team shouldn't be beholden because, look, it's the Big 12. This is the best basketball conference in the country. It is so competitive. And those roster spots are valuable. That's really one of the most valuable currency that these coaches have, a roster spots and then, of course, playing time. So, uh, you know, to me, it's like Graham McCaslin's head's going to be on the chopping block. So he's got to make these tough decisions. I have no problem. If he doesn't feel like a, a Jason Jackson for this per- a specific example, if he doesn't fit his plan, him not having to honor the previous staffs. I mean, one thing if he recruited him and then, you know, ghosted him or right, dropped him yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that it was the previous staff, to me, hey, man, this is big business. That's just uh, Jason learned a, a pretty early lesson. I, I, that happens in the real world. Happens in the real world to us all the time. Anymore, yeah. You know, yeah. You need, like, like Pete said in his uh, Rock and Reality check, nobody goes undefeated. And, uh, you know, these players, and I understand that, want um, – these rights, they want to be treated like adults, like it's a big business. They want to be paid like it's a big business and have these options. Well, this is another part of big business and being a grown-up and living in the adult right. world that we all uh, face at some time in our life. So, look, I, it's like I said, it's competitive. I have no problem with it. Now, 
there is another side of it in terms of just honoring your the commitment a school made, uh, which, I, like I said before, I could probably be convinced to see part of that, but ultimately I think I'm still going to end up on that other side of the argument. So, and, and I was thinking, talking about this, you know, because I, I tend to agree with you what you just said, but then I think, does the school make that commitment or does the coach make yeah. that commitment to a play? You know, I mean, and that, I think when he gets real is when it's a letter of intent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, <laughs> okay, Sean. Sean just took a picture of my delicious uh, chicken strip basket, by the way, here at Bubba's. It's kind of uh, distracting me. but yeah. uh, Put that on Instagram. Put it on, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it on saying this is what he's not eating while he's Okay. <laughs> he couldn't wait to see the chicken strip basket. There it is. It's glorious. It, I, yeah, I'm, I'm drooling over here uh, <laughs> uh, thinking about it. But anyways, uh, no, I, that's just where I'm going to be. It's, it's big business uh, now, and, and, and that's where we stand. And speaking of... Uh, just basketball recruiting in general and big business, man. It's you know it's such a global sport. Uh, really looking back, I don't know if you've seen the documentary of the Dream Team. If you, you all have seen that before, uh, it's older, but uh, just what that meant and how it took the sport of basketball global. And yeah. when you, if you talk to any of these uh, players from around the around the globe, uh, they talk about just how influential it was on them. And Texas Tech signed a uh, guy, from, you know, originally from Europe, from Finland. Uh, and I can't. Uh, I tried to pronounce his name last last week when he committed, uh, but uh, Amili uh, Yalaho, I believe, is his name. Let's just and call him Elo. Elo, let's do it. Uh, make it easy for, for Texans yeah, like me. Name, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six eight two thirty. A lot like Kevin O'Banner, really. Uh, he's a perimeter player, but can you know he has the size to go down low and and bang, and uh, you know rebounds and defensively. Adding him with Warren Washington is huge for your front court. Um, a lot of length now. I, I get the uh, the plan, and one of the biggest plans, or one of the the patterns I see, and uh, again, Mighty Joe pointed this out to me, Texas Tech or Grant McCaslin is, is signing guys with high basketball IQ. When you watch their film, they're good passers. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They're smart players. Um and I think that's huge. I think that's one of the most underrated, under-discussed things uh, in sports is having a high sports IQ. I'm not saying you got to be a physicist or something like that, but, I mean, in your given field of play, having uh, a high IQ is huge. And I think that's it directly correlates to winning. And ELO, as uh, Jeff mentioned, um, is another example of that. Plus, his versatility and his size uh, I, I think he, he just adds a lot. I think that was a big addition. Um, I know he picked up some recent offers. Nebraska was one that was going hard for him. Uh, but this is a good uh, pickup for Texas Tech. And then on the other end, speaking of loyalty or there being no loyalty necessarily anymore, and it goes both ways. It's not, I'm not just talking about players. I'm not putting down the players, uh, coaches or players. But Kevin McCuller. Uh, former Red Raider, and uh, he actually celebrated Senior Day at Kansas last year, which, you know, I think of all the athletes in this NIL era and transfer portal era, that's kind of been a gut check for me. It's been Kevin McCuller because he was a part of, like, he was on the roster when they made that run to the national championship. I remember interviewing him in the yep. locker room, like, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this kind of, you know, excitement? And, all that, you know? and then we talking about what he's learned, and I and, Talked to him so much through the recruiting process, and then he was such a pivotal player. Yeah. I mean, no, we all know I he, great defensive player, was the tip of the spear of, the, of those defenses uh, for Texas Tech, and then he transfers to Kansas. 
your chief, you know, one of your chief rivals in terms of basketball, uh, and has a good year. I mean, even in the game against Tech, that Tech needed to win uh, late in the season. I mean, he made pivotal plays, pivotal buckets, steals. It was Kevin McCuller, you know, yeah. that that won the game for Kansas. So he announced after testing NBA waters, he's going back to Kansas, and it's pretty much a consensus that yeah, this isn't really a shocker, but that Kansas is going to be the preseason AP number one. So they're that loaded, and Kevin McCuller is a big part of it. Uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson's another guy they got from Michigan. Oh, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be Kansas. You know, but I think that's just interesting to see. You know, uh, Red Raider legacy. All this, you know, and, and he's the thing that won't leave. He's one of those guys. He seems like he's been here for ten right. years. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's he's like he's like Deuce Vaughn at right. Kansas State. He's there right. every year for like ten years. It seems yeah, like, you know? I think especially with uh, him being there that that freshman year in redshirting. You know? Yeah. I mean, and then the senior, the super senior season. I mean, he's maxed out his college eligibility. So they go. Is. So at the end of this 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 next season, is it going to be down there for Senior Day again, or do they go? Hey, I did man, think of we that. Already, we already did. I know. That, like right? I wonder. I bet they'll probably still do it. Yeah, probably. You know so. how it is. Give them another framed jersey or something. Right. All right. So what uh, for the basketball team now? And what McCaslin's building? Do they still have rosters? Yeah, spots they have a couple with? spots. I think uh, Elo uh, helped in terms of some of their needs and uh, with size in the front court. What I really would like to see, you got Pop who can fill it up. But you got some other options uh, in terms of outside scoring. But I would really like another gunner, like a proven scorer, a guy, a perimeter shooter, mm-hmm. that kind of dude that you know you're getting double figures from al- almost every game. I think that's really what they need. That's the next spot. And then after that, I think it's just best available, what fits your culture and your plan and all that. Right. Because that's a person down at the end of the bench that may not see that much time. Well, no, I think it's just like you start filling out your needs, and then after that, it's like let's just get a good basketball player. I mean, they may not agree with me. That's just my opinion. But, like, I know they, you know, they're targeting, and it's it's pretty clear they need to add a little more perimeter firepower. But then after that, hey, you know, the rosters come together. Let's let's see who, you know. The best available, yeah. what best players, who might be a, a big-time player for you. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Well, how, that's uh, basketball recruiting. Uh, we come back here in a few minutes. More inside the Red Raiders recruiting. We'll uh, take a look at what's going on with football. Got some uh, official visit weekends coming up in June, and uh, we'll break all We're that nerd down. Nerd out. Any other, nerd out. We're going to nerd right. out on some all recruiting right. numbers. Yes. There you go. All right. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 1. It's the Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. From 24-7 Sports, it's Inside the Red Raiders Recruiting with Jared Johnson. All right, moving on to uh, Texas Tech football now. Always excitement there in in recruiting for what Joey McGuire is doing here at Tech. Got some official visit weekends yeah. coming up this month, so why don't we start there? Yeah, well, uh, when Coach was on the show last week, he said that uh, they were going to have more talent on campus uh, those two weekends, which is uh, June 9th through 11th, and then the following weekend was at um, no math, 16th through the 18th. This official visit, so this is paid for by uh, the university. It's a big deal. We call it commit season, uh, you know, in around recruiting circles. 
Because that's when guys make their decisions on those official visits a lot, going into their senior seasons. But McGuire said more talent on campus those two weekends than uh, ever before in Tech history, and it's hard to argue with. But I want to give you some numbers. I want to give people out there some numbers, actual recruiting rankings uh, for some of these guys to to put it in perspective. I I don't know how else than to start with uh, Micah Hudson, uh, wide receiver out of Lake Belton. He's going to be there for the weekend, the 16th to 18th. Six foot, 195 star. Uh, he's ranked number seven in the country, regardless of position. Oh, wow. The number seven recruit in the country. Wow. Okay. okay. Um, number two wide receiver in the country and number two overall player in Texas. He has 35 offers, and that's just reported. All these guys I'm going to mention have like 20-plus offers, and that's what's reported, uh, probably more. Uh, but obviously, Michael Hudson could go anywhere he wants to in the country. He can go to Bama, Georgia, USC. Oklahoma, Texas, whatever. In Texas, it's always interesting to watch, I think because of the competitive nature in, in covering Texas, but also just the nature of Longhorn Nation, to see them squirm over stuff like this. Uh, you know, they, oh, there's no way Hudson's going to Texas Tech. There's no way. There's no, oh, wait. Oh, they actually <laughs> talk to somebody who knows what's going on. Well, he, he might. Well, actually, I think he is going to Texas Tech. You know, it's yeah. you know, they must be paying them millions of dollars. You know, it's funny to see them squirm like that. But uh, Tech is the leader at this point. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't sign with Tech. It is recruiting, and he is a highly rated guy. Tech has never landed a guy rated as high as Micah Hudson in football. So yeah, there's all of that. But great relationships with the coaching staff, not just McGuire or some of the position coaches, but the recruiting guys. His dad. Uh, you know, he's a legacy. He's a Texas Tech legacy. Um, there's a, He has a lot of ties to Texas Tech, I believe. I guess I didn't hear that. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. What, yep. Yeah. His dad? He, yeah, his, his dad played at Tech back in the day. So, okay. I mean. Yeah. You, I, I, yeah. That, I missed that. Yeah. Okay. So there, there are a lot of ties. Well, Hudson doesn't do a lot of interviews. I mean, he will with some of the national guys, but he's not really like a look-at-me attention guy. So, I mean, that's why you'll, you'll hear little bits of information kind of yeah. trickle out about him. Uh, another guy I want to mention, running back Keedron Young at a Lufkin, 5'10", 220. He, he visited for at least one of the junior days already, but uh, four-star recruit, uh, number 207 in the country, the 14th ranked running back in the country, and uh, the num- uh, and the number 27, or he has 27 offers, and the number 41 uh, overall player in Texas as well. So a tough, almost top 40-ish. Uh, in Texas, which I mean, come on, that's that's amazing. Uh, offensive lineman Ellis Davis out of Prosper, six six two sixty, another four star guy. Uh, he's ranked two hundred twenty first in the country. He's the number twenty one offensive tackle, uh, at number forty two overall in Texas. Has twenty four offers. He's going to be uh, in town, I believe, for uh, June 9th uh, through eleventh. Uh, defensive lineman, uh, I talked about him last week some, Joseph Jonah Ajanye out of Conroe, Oak Ridge, 6'4", 255 pounds, four-star recruit, number 58 overall uh, in the country, uh, number nine defensive lineman, and number 11 overall player in Texas, okay? He's the third guy, fourth guy I'm mentioning, Yeah, and he's a top 60 national player regardless of position. Uh Casey Poe, offensive lineman, another four-star recruit, uh, 6'5", four-star, ranked 148th in the country overall, regardless of position, the number eighth uh, interior offensive lineman, and the number 27 overall player recruit in Texas for the 2024 class. He has over 23 offers. He was just at Georgia, 
And that's something I need to mention is that all these guys are down to like, we talked about it in the break, well, almost all these guys that we're talking about, they're down to Georgia, Alabama, Texas, o- Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. That's and we're not crazy, talking about man. one guy who has like, like a tie to the universe. We're talking about two guys. We're not even talking about five guys. We're talking about almost all the guys coming in are down, like down to the, the upper echelon of college football in, tech, in Texas Tech. Wow. What does that tell you? Texas sending. You know what I mean? It's a numbers game. Tech is ascending. And recruiting to me is the most honest reflection of where a, a college athletic program is. Yeah. Uh, one more guy I want to mention, wide receiver uh, Ashton Bethel-Roman out of Fort Bend Ridgepoint, which is a great high school program. There's been a lot of Tech players uh, come from there. Six foot, 165, uh, four-star guy. He's ranked 144th in the country, the number 21 overall receiver in the country, and uh, number 26 regardless of position in Texas. He has 22 offers. So those are like seven guys I mentioned that are in the top 250 in the country that are going to be on campus over these two weeks. And there's more. It's funny, there's a lot of the guys that are like, you know, three-star guys, medium to high three-star guys, are really good football players, you know. And uh, Will Hammond, quarterback Will Hammond, is a perfect example. Look, when Zach Kelly offered him, it was during last last year, uh, during a camp, he saw him and said, hey, you know, come to Texas Tech. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen enough. And I think he was he he was definitely, uh, or Tech was definitely his first Power 5 offer. It may have been his first overall offer. I had to create his profile, his recruiting profile. Wow. And he just made, he just got he just got announced he's going to the Elite 11 Finals. Dang, and that's okay. a big deal. I oh, mean, yeah. I, you know, I, the only other Tech guy I can remember going to the Elite 11 Finals is Baron Morgan. You know, and I, I mean, if you've seen that guy throw in person, you know what, what kind of talent he has. So, Will Hammond... Uh, he's also going to be there, I think, that first weekend, uh, he told me, June uh, 9th through 11th. So, And he's been a big part of the recruiting effort, getting a lot of the guys uh, on campus. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's really cool. These quarterbacks and their families, they do a lot of stuff in terms of, like, so obviously an official visit, Tech's going to roll out the red carpet. But on these unofficials or, like, for games during the season, they'll do stuff off campus that the coaches can't do, you know, right. and really organize things, organize group chats. And Will Hammond's done a great job of that. He's told me that other than, you know, getting better and getting prepared for a senior season, that that's his favorite thing to do is to help the recruiting effort. Man, whatever Texas Tech's doing in recruiting football, just keep it up because, I mean, they really are going to another level. Let me ask you, so you mentioned those seven big-time guys that are yeah. visiting. Um, you know, and again, this just looking in the crystal ball, nobody knows. But what, what would you, what's what, in your mind, what's realistic to expect out of those seven Tech landing what number of those? Well, guys? I think Hudson's going to end up a Red Raider. I, I mean, I really believe that. Um, I think Casey Poe. I think that's a long shot, even though he's visited five times. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got to look at all of them. I think Kedron Young. I know that. I know that that's some. That's Tech's top target at running back, okay. um, and he really likes Tech. But again, the competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think so. Tech yeah. is in the mix. Yeah. I really do. I think they have a legitimate shot, and he's again five ten, two hundred twenty pound. East Texas just – got to edit myself from, from what I'm saying on the radio. Dude's a stud. He's a stud. Uh, he he would be an amazing get. Um, I think uh, – man, Joseph Jonah Ajanye, uh, he might be Alabama or Georgia. I don't – you know, I mean, that's – that one's tough to say. Ellis Davis, I know for a fact he loves Texas Tech. So if there's a spot, 
if Texas Tech actually has a spot for him, which sounds crazy, <laughs> uh, which I think they will. I think even if it goes over their offensive line numbers, which they already have three commits, and those guys are going to be here, by the way, and they're highly ranked guys. Yeah. I just, you know, there's, there's, we only have so much time to right, mention everybody. Right, yeah. uh, but uh, Ellis Davis loves Texas Tech. Like, I would not be surprised. So, I, you know, uh, and then Ashton Beltel-Roman, I think Texas in a good uh, place with him, too. So I, I, I think at least two of those seven guys I mentioned I think are going to be maybe three. Okay. Which is That's what I, I was thinking maybe two would have been my answer if I was asked yeah. that question. You know, that that, that would be. But that would be amazing. And there are some guys like Peyton Morgan, uh, uh, th- high three-star safety who's going to be in town. You know, he's got offers from like Oklahoma, some big-time programs, you know, all the Baylors, Oklahoma State's, TCs, they all yeah. want him. I think he's going to end up a Red Raider. I think he's going to commit on this official visitor weekend. There's some guys that are unranked, which I d- quite honestly don't know why they're unranked when you watch their their tape and uh, see their measurables and their times and everything that Tech was early on to offer uh, that I think are going to be really good football programs that are going to be on campus uh, that could end up coming into Texas Tech as well. And then what's interesting is you're starting to see guys get Texas Tech bumps, which oh, – wow. <laughs> when did it, we ever remember right, that? Yeah. Normally their rankings go down, you yeah. know, after they commit to Texas Tech. Um, but it's the respect that uh, recruiting ranking services such as 247 have for Joey McGuire, James Blanchard, mm-hmm. Brian Nance, the, the staff, their, their uh, evaluation prowess yeah. is, is off the charts. And I think one of the coolest things last week from McGuire that we touched on, and I think this really can't be overlooked, is their process, how it's different, you know. Him mentioning that Blanchard has a green light, James Blanchard, their director of recruiting, that he offers a lot of these recruits. They don't have to go to the defensive coordinator and say, oh, hey, do you like this guy? When you watch some film, when you have some time, when you're not actually coaching or all that stuff, yeah. you know? No, he's got the green light. They have a certain, like, uh, measurables in terms of 40 times, athletic uh, metrics that they look for. And if, if uh, these recruiting guys like them, they offer them. And as McGuire said, you go to uh, defensive coordinator and say, here, here's who you're recruiting. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. – and Blanchard even posted on Twitter, like, if we're getting to the same result, but you're having to go through seven more processes before me, then your process is flawed. You know? And it is. And so there's a lot going on. There's a lot of method. It's not just yeah. – and McGuire says it's not just relationships. It's also the process, what yeah. they're doing. It's very different, and obviously it's working. That is crazy, though, cutting out all that red tape of yeah. bureaucracy that, yep. you know, I guess so many programs go through that, and it just wastes time, and, yeah, that's I mean, really and it cool, makes man. sense. Yeah. You, what makes it work is that is the relationship between McGuire and Blanchard, but that Blanchard's so good at what he does, and, yeah. his, and his staff are, you know, Brian Nance is a name. He's been pivotal in the Michael Hudson uh, recruitment, uh, Brian Nance has. And, uh, but if those guys aren't good at what they do, then it's not going to work. But right. they're elite. They really are. They're great at what they, what they do, and they put in the work uh, to do it, so to make it work. Because uh, if you're just bringing scrubs or guys you think you'll land to your, you know, to your coaches, then it's not going. It's, it's going to be. It's going to have the opposite. It's going right. to blow up in your face. Yeah, yeah. But that's clearly not the not the case here. So right. it works. God, that's some great stuff this week, man. Thanks. That's, that was cool. It's yeah. exciting, man. It really is. I, it, yeah. I, this is a this is a different thing, and I, the the way they're doing this. It's almost like they are going to be successful. Yeah. When you recruit at this level, it takes away, like if a guy, a big guy goes down, like a Tyree Wilson goes down, yeah. you have somebody else to step in there. Right. And right. then it goes on to coaching and all, which we can, ah, can spend the whole show talking <laughs> about, you know. 
All right, man. That's uh, inside the RedRaiders.com for us. Great recruiting updates right there. Joining us next, Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout is going to be talking about Texas Tech playing the Big 12 tournament. Had a big win. They come from behind win last night uh, against OU in the tournament. And uh, we'll talk that and uh, other baseball matters here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from uh, Bubba's 33 on Rock. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. On Rock 101.1, brought to you by Bubba's 33, Chrome, Mitch Hall Chevrolet, and Signs on the Go. Texas Tech Baseball Update with Red Raider Dugout's Keith Patrick. All right, Keith, welcome back. And uh, we, I know it's every week now. I guess I, I wore this for y'all. Yeah. But that's not... That's not a poncho no. or a Haller Brothers. This was, a, this was a Texas humor shirt they sold last year. Oh, wow. They don't even do them anymore. They, they did a few pearl snaps and got the blue bonnets. Yeah, I Dang, thought I'd. Man. Nice. Yeah. Welcome okay, to yeah, summer. I saw that, the logo there. I was like, what is that? Okay, yeah. Texas humor. Texas right? okay. humor just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. You are the pearl snap guy, I, dude. I do like them. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan. That's why every week I'm always Pearl yeah. Snap Keith. Yeah, well, school's segment. out. It's summer. It's blue yeah. on it time. You know, yeah. yeah. That's a new segment. What is Keith wearing? All right. Um, all right. No, that's that's uh, really cool. You got any big plans for Memorial Day weekend? Or no, not exact. Not really. Um, and y'all know I work for a school district, so we've got graduation on Sunday. We had another graduation last night, but was just talking to my wife. We might tear off and run the family out and go watch, try to watch the game tomorrow in Arlington and then head back or something. We'll see. So, yeah. No no big plans. Just looking forward to relaxing weekend and then Selection Monday coming up. Yeah, it's a firing at the grill this weekend. That's that's uh, probably the highlight for me, but I enjoy doing that, so that's yeah. all good. But uh, if, you're, if you're hitting the road for the weekend, AAA says the absolute worst time, and by the way, this will be mo- more people on the road for uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, the most since 2005. So but wow. they say the worst time to be on the road today is between 3 and 6. Really? Absolutely the worst time. Coming back on Monday, the worst time is going to be between, I think it's noon to 3 on, on Memorial Day. Worst time to be on the road. So there you go. Don't get stuck Traveling at the light in Dublin or at the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. at the overpass yeah. in, in Sweetwater. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, so uh, big win last night for Tech. Uh, playing OU, a lot of people probably went to bed and yeah. woke up this morning to the news. For everybody, you know, anybody that missed it, just you know, recap what happened last night. So, um, I mean, you have to start with the bad, and there was plenty of that. You you start Tabor fast. He struggles right out of the gate. And then really the unusual part of that, he's struggling to throw strikes. Dylan Maxey is receiving, you know, the other side of that battery, was struggling just to catch the baseball. And so it was almost like he had the yips. You know, you get a mound visit from Matt Gardner at one point, and he kind of talked the whole time to the catcher is what it seemed like, kind of calm everybody down. Bunch of pass balls. You have a play at the plate to get the first out in the first inning. I mean, it just didn't didn't go well to start. You're down 3 nothing after 2, ultimately down 5 nothing going in the bottom of the fourth. And then Tech kind of turns it on, you know, four-run fourth, and then you make it tight, and you kind of keep it tight throughout, but you're not quite able to pull ahead. And then uh, the bats come alive and just an incredible night at the plate for several guys, and ultimately it's a big walk-off win. Tech scores three in the ninth. Kevin Bazell's the hero who was 0 for 9 in the tournament in the you know through those first two games almost and uh, gets the the walk off single there and it's a single kind of some justice he had had an error that went off his glove earlier in the game you know that was a damaging moment and tough error it was a hot shot kind of off the glove squirted into foul territory basically the same thing uh, that ends up winning the game you know just going the other way so but man uh, Nolan Hester 
reaches six times safely. He has three hits, two walks, and a hit by pitch. Like reaches all six plate appearances, extends his reach safely streak to 44 games. And then Gage Harrelson has a three hit night. Zach Vulatich has a three hit night. Dylan Maxey has a three hit night, which got to tip the cap to that kid. I mean, really tough start for him. Freshman catcher, big moment, just struggles, you know, just to be a catcher for a while. And then all of a sudden turning around, has a great rest of the game behind the dish and a great game at the plate. It was two doubles and a home run for him. So you got a freshman homering in a major league ballpark, which is always awesome too. And, um, and then Tracer Lopez add on a couple of big hits for him. And you strung them together when you needed to. That was the big thing. It's back-to-back-to-back hits, mostly with two outs. You ended up hitting... Uh, it was 667 in the leadoff. You, you reach six times in the leadoff in the game, and then 563, you're nine for 16 with two outs. So oh, the kind of things that we normally look at it kind of throughout the season when things aren't great, and you're like, man, you just couldn't do it in these situations. Right there, neutral site, big moment, when you needed it, the, the bat showed up. And, you know, it's kind of one of those deals. You look at it afterwards, and you're like, man, you know, I know we've had pitching woes. I know you talk about the pitching woes a lot, and, like, these guys aren't able to string it together. And all of a sudden, yeah, and, and, and on that night, yeah, you end up giving up nine walks, you know, plus some, some uh, hit batsmen, too. There was, there was um, yeah, just one of those. So ten free passes on the night, and you're looking like, man, if you can get five or six good ones from these starters – if with the offense doing what it can do, you can beat anybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're getting hot at just the right time. So great night, great win. Uh, that's a quality opponent. That's a team that did the same thing last year. They got hot, they start rolling, and they make it to the championship series, you know, when they look like kind of nothing, yeah. you know, even late in Big 12 plays. So um, really great, NOU is who I'm saying. And so great night, I mean, great walk-off win. It's the first time in the Tim Tadlock era you've won the first two in the Big 12 tournament, regardless of the format. You so, know? Which is amazing. We yeah. talked that earlier, yeah. And, and, and you've won two more than once, you know, and, yeah. and uh, in 2019 you won three and you had kind of a long run in 2019. But first time you've been in the winner's bracket, you get a day off now today, and your opponent tomorrow, whether it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, does not, you know. And so they got to play each other today, burn more pitching. You get a chance to be fresh and healthy and, and put together a game plan. So um, really excited for what they're doing and, and excited for what they've done for their resume, too, when it comes around to Selection Monday. They're in. I feel like they're in. Yeah. 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 I think uh, Kendall Rogers said that this morning on Twitter, too. Like, hey, you know, at this point, it's going to be some really significant things have to happen to push Tech back out, you know, or back into that bubble. Uh, you're up to 38 in the RPI. Your quad one wins are above 500. You got your 12 and 11 now. That's a big part of that resume, too. I mean, and you've raised, Mike Rooney's talked about it a bunch on the broadcasts of the Tech games. Um, and by the way, everybody hates broadcasters. I understand it. I am one, too, and, and I know how it goes. Last night's play-by-play guy is on the texas broadcast so i get it you know if you don't think he was tech friendly enough but miss me with hating mike rooney mike rooney is one of the greats in in college baseball i thought he did an awesome job and he has really bragged on tech under tim tadlock and he's bragged on what tech has done over the last month or so i mean you were in the 60s in the rpi and you've clawed your way up to 38 and taking care of business when you need to so yeah i think pete you're in um, the bubble conversation should be over at this point, and now it's gravy. You know, and in fact, this morning, Baseball America projected that you win this tournament and that you bump back up into a two seed conversation uh, going into the regionals. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, with uh, so much uncertainty this year and the pitching woes, and not in the top twenty-five and struggling, and uh, are, are you surprised that they're they're hitting their stride at this point? Is this Tim Tadlock letting things play out, or 
why is it happening? I, I think it's that's for sure. I mean, Tim Tadlock, you talk about a guy that knows what he's doing. You know, we question him. It feels like almost unless you're just totally dominant. You know, you question him almost every year. Everybody yeah. does. It's just natural to question the coach. But, man, he has said this over the season even. Even when you were struggling, he's a guy that will say to media, hey, I like where we're at. You know, I like, I like where we're at right now with our guys and what they're able to do. You don't want the injuries to keep coming, obviously. You want guys to go out and be more dominant, and, there's, and they're not always. But he certainly let it play out. He's putting the pieces where they need to be, and he did it last night. You know, you're facing a lefty that had dominated you before. He pulls Dylan Carter out of the lineup. He shifts some guys around. He, Hudson White's been really hot, puts him in at the DH. I mean, it he's not afraid to do the tinkering that you talk about man and so i I think that that it's playing out the way you want it to i this team has never had quit in them i don't think that at all and so i do think you had a bunch of young guys and now school is over and the long season is just the long season at this point now they're focused on playing baseball and and maybe some of those distractions being away you know is is allowing them to to kind of focus but you're also just kind of growing up at the in the moment you're in big moments now this is what tournament play is like these are big moments this is all televised this is all you know you're in a major league ballpark all that stuff you know grow up and let's go and so very excited for what they've done it's been cool to see well big win over oklahoma 10-9 but let's go back to the night before you're playing a team that uh you know, it beat you two or three, and I mean, it was crazy that first night because the one, two, and three, the three people that tied for first all lost. Yes, and yeah. two were already out of the tournament. Yeah, Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. Yeah, tough start for all of them for sure, and just goes to show. I mean, the parity in the Big Twelve, I think, uh, and the qual, and there, there's a lot of quality coaching in the Big Twelve too. And there's, you know, it's not always about who's the biggest star, who's the biggest draft pick on on those teams. You know, you go out there and put it together as a group, and yeah, you just, you just outplayed them i mean you did what you needed to do against oklahoma state you won wasn't handily you know but you won a baseball game and you did what you needed to do you played really clean i thought that was important uh, and last night you know not to not to get back off of the first game but last night you out hit them 17 to 7 so you overcome the struggles you know in the free passes and, and the errors and you capitalized on their errors that kind of came out of nowhere the moment got to them a little bit too and you and you took care of business so yeah i, I think that you're rolling at the right time obviously but um, yeah, it's been a it's been a good series so far. And surprise, I thought to go for Tabor Fast last night, and now you have Zane Petty still available, you know, and and so it's kind of worked out the way you would think that they're hoping it would, you know. I think Brandon Beckel is available again on Saturday, probably after throwing 41 pitches on Wednesday, uh, and so yeah, now you start looking at hey, is there another game? Is there a Sunday game coming? And who's that guy going to be? But um, yeah, they've they've set themselves up and obviously came in wanting to be competitive in this tournament. And, and it's worked out. And uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State have to beat them twice? No, just once. Just once. Yeah, got to beat them once, and then you can go to No, Champions. for us, but do they have to beat Tech twice? Or is that just the semifinals? You yes. know what I'm saying? I, do yes. they have to beat them twice? They have to beat them twice. If they, uh, the, the winner, they play at 1230, and if they... Uh... If Tech loses, they will have an additional game, either okay. at four thirty or seven, depending on the other bracket. Okay, then my so next the true double elimination. My next yeah. question is though: Say Tech wins straight, they haven't got any losses. The other bracket, maybe they go one and one, and, and it, they have to have the extra game. So is it just one game championship? It's a one game championship. One game championship. Not that's a series. weak though. Yeah, but you know, if they have a one loss and you have none, yep. you, 
but whatever. Yeah, you lose the yeah the double elimination ends in the finals. Yeah, yeah. that's weak. Yeah. <laughs> but, but whatever. Hey, uh, you know, every time I see Gavin Cash, I say thank you, Texas. Mm. I mean, how how I mean, I can't. I keep asking, how did we get this guy? I don't. I mean, yeah, I still don't have a particular story, but yeah, hundred percent. Twenty four home runs now. I mean, and he has he has miss it home run power. I mean, you can just kind of he reaches out and poke something, and, and it can go out of the ballpark. So yeah, he's been just an incredible, exciting. Yeah, I don't know. What's the word? Breath of fresh air? I mean, you love having that guy doing that. I've had people, you know, of course, messaging me, who's the overall home run leader? Well, it's Joe Dillon with 33 in a season, you know, which Cash is probably not in that conversation. But uh, Clint Bryant is your is your career home runs leader. He had, I think it was 44 in his career. And so Gavin Cash, still at least a year to play, maybe more, like not to not to pile it on him or jinx him, but like, hey, there's some conversation there to be had. That's pretty yeah. cool. So, yeah, I love him. And, and, and I think the cool thing about him, he's worked really hard to be a good first baseman for you, you know, and he's not the best first baseman that's ever happened defensively, but he has definitely done what you need him to do and continues to, I think, improve over and over. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome. And, yes, definitely, thank you, Texas. I don't know why, I don't know how, but come on, you know. And, and I will say, and I don't know the specifics, but we have a lot of those guys, when you do talk to them and you find the connection, you're like, oh, I played summer ball with these guys for two years or I played and you know and, and so there's a lot of those relationships that reconnect and the and the players just kind of like what Jared was talking about with recruits the players will kind of make those contacts connections and, and bring those guys around too and I think that helps right, it's K-O-N-E Lubbock so it, no matter what happens no matter what happens with Saturday's game yeah who do you see if it's a one if it's a Saturday second game or a Sunday game, who do you think is going to be? You've already used Molina. You you got passed with Tabor Fast. You look like you're going to use Petty for for that game to get you the finals. Yeah. Who do you who do you have in your pocket that you feel confident with for a Sunday game or a Saturday second game? I think that's probably Jacob Rogers. That that's probably your next guy up when it comes to a start. I would think that Molina's not going to be available even even by Sunday. I wouldn't expect. And so yeah, Jacob Rogers is probably that that name. Uh, that has some starts under his belt. All right. So uh, are, are we going to play your game when we come back? Yeah, we'll, Pete? we'll do we'll a little bit. Round of that. <laughs> where, where are they now? Yeah. Stump Keith? I mean, Pete, I, we got Pete, all kinds Pete. of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stump the All right. So we're going to we'll, we'll get we'll get to that coming up here next. Talk some uh, talk some more baseball with Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout here on the Rock and Pregame Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. It's live from Bubba's Thirty Three on Rock One Hundred One. It's the Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right, talking some Texas Tech baseball with our friend Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout today. Well, Keith, uh, let's look at the future a little bit. A lot of injuries this year, a lot of new commits coming in. What does the roster potentially look like for next year? Man, million-dollar question. I mean, <laughs> in the world of the transfer portal, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it, who stays, who goes. You're going to have some guys leave the team. I mean, it's just kind of reality at this point. Um, I think the real question is the older guys um, that are not graduating and out of eligibility. You know, so uh, Nolan Hester, Bo Blessy, those guys are, are on their way. You know, they're they're graduating and moving on. But, um, you know, who, like a Dylan Carter. Is Dylan Carter still around? 
Um, you know, you love him defensively. The bat was great pre-injury this year. It's been a struggle a little bit after the injury. You know, what does Dylan Carter decide to do? What is his What is his next plan? What's that conversation? I think he's a big one kind of to talk about in that vein. Um, from the freshman standpoint, I mean, I would be really surprised if any of these newcomers that have had such great years would decide to go anywhere. I mean, obviously, Tracer Lopez has had, you know, has been a huge contributor. Kevin Bazell, Gage Harrelson, certainly expect to see those guys back. Um, you know, there's some others that I think that you're wondering because they haven't seen as much field time. Jarrett Curtis, um, Cade McGar, some of those kind of guys, like what is their what is their next step? Are they going to hang around and, and try to earn the spot, you know, or, or not? Uh, just the reality of athletics these days. As far as coming in, uh, your recruiting class is stacked, which is scary. Jeff talks about this a lot. You know, you're fighting the major, you're fighting Major League Baseball. You're fighting 30 teams. And it's funny, there's been times over his career, I think, Tim Tadlock has gone to the big showcases, Jupiter, Florida, things like that, and been too obvious at who he's looking at, and it gives scouts <laughs> a place to go kind of pay more attention. So I think he plays it a little closer to the vest, and you probably notice that in baseball recruiting. It's just harder to know who's around. Uh, but there's, there's two guys in the class that are perfect game ranked 10s right now, which is the top ranking from perfect game. And then there's four that are nine and a halfs. You know, so you've got some guys – that Major League Baseball is going to have on their boards uh, right now. Now, 20-round draft these days. It's not the old days of 40 rounds and all that kind of stuff. So there's less opportunity. Uh, one big name you'll hear about, his name's Mac Hewer. Uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. A lot of times when you're looking at a high school guy, is he going to go pro, is he going to come to college, you look at the body. So like a Tracer Lopez, probably not a guy who's going to get drafted yet uh, just because he's not a real big guy. Um, but, you know, obviously reclassified. You hear it on every broadcast. This kid should be in high school, prom, graduation, whatever, yeah. you know. Uh, but Mac Hewer, 6'4", 230, he's a right-handed pitcher. He's one of those 10 grades. Uh, so that's a guy that, you know, keep an eye on when the draft comes around. T.J. Pompey is another one, highly rated guy. He's an infielder and a pitcher, probably recruiting him as an infielder, I would assume. Uh, 6'4", 185 guy, another 10 grade. Those are two that are on draft boards right now. Curious kind of where they go, and, and it's a big decision for them. Is the money right? What do I want to do with school? All those different things. And then we kind of forget sometimes, too, they're people, you know, and their parents are people. And so, you know, if a kid is homeschooled and, you know, hasn't ever been really away from where he's from, and the parents are like, man, I don't know, like – I. Lubbock's pretty far away, but at least they're going to take care of my boy kind of thing versus throw him into professional baseball and it's every man for himself. Those are the things that are kind of on the table, too, when they make those decisions. Uh, There's other guys, too, that, you know, to keep an eye on, there's um, there's Miles Naylor. So Naylor is a name that Red Raiders might remember over the years. You've got a couple Naylors committed. They both went to pro baseball. Miles is the third. Not 100% confident in any way that he's coming to campus. He's one of those nine-and-a-half grades, but certainly the pedigree there, the relationships in pro baseball, I would kind of expect him to go draft, but you don't know. Certainly would love to see him come to campus. Um, but one to keep an eye on that I do think you have a really good shot of getting to campus. His name's Davis Rivers. He's a 6'1", 195 catcher at a Waller. And so that's a guy that you get him in and things get real interesting in that catcher's rotation. Is a guy moving? Is Bazell staying at third base? Is Hudson White doing something different? Like there's, It gets real interesting because you've got some, some true catchers that have some real defensive potential there. Uh, so that's a, a couple of names that are, that are interesting. And there's another guy named Landon Stripling. 
kind of an all-around guy, six foot, one ninety-five. Not a huge body, you know. He's a nine and a half grade guy, uh, and kind of cool to see because the Georgia connection is playing with him too. So Gage Harrelson, Gabe Holt from basically the same place in Georgia. I mean, families know each other, kind of thing. This guy's from Lawrenceville, Georgia, uh, and a guy that I think that you have a pretty good shot of getting. There's a, obviously a ton more in the class. Um, lots of good pitchers. Lane Bledsoe is one that sticks out. Sterling Bigley. There's some guys that I'm kind of retweeting on Twitter right now. They're still playing in, in uh, high school baseball and playoffs and all that. J.M. Long is another one. Uh, and then there's just some of those bodies. You're like, what is this guy? You know, Chandler Coe, kind of an unranked guy, but 6'5", 245, right-handed yeah, pitcher. Literally. Like, come sling it, big fella. That sounds, like, that sounds like a major leaguer right there, <laughs> yeah, man. Right. That kind of size? Yeah. Jeez. And so and you got several. you got several yeah. of those 6'4", 6'5", 6'5", kind of guys that are, that are on the list right now that you hope you see. Uh, you know, lots of arms like that. And I think that is probably the biggest thing when you look at what 2020 could have been as a Texas Tech, you know, team, and what all those guys are doing in pro ball now, and you're just thinking, oh, that was that was potentially the year. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of looked after that, and it was like, yeah, we're not physically as imposing, not physically as, as gifted, you know, maybe over the last couple of years. I think these last two classes have changed that a little bit. You know, you sit down there close, you sit in a scrimmage, and this dude walks up on the mound or up to the plate, you're like, whoa, there's a full-grown man, and he is <laughs> 17 and a half, you know, or whatever. And so I think that, that it, it seems to me when you look at the class, like, hey, that's a focus again. Like, let's get back into super physical guys. Tim Tadlock talks a lot about, hey, they're all baseball players. You know, they're not all 100% specialists. They're guys which this year you've needed with injuries, guys you can kind of move around and do different things with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting last night, while, um, while um, blanking, Dylan Maxey was struggling behind the dish. We got Hudson White at DH. So you go get him to put the gear on, you burn your DH for the rest of the game. You know, So it's like, do you make that drastic decision? What the broadcasters don't know and what I was kind of looking at was, well, Zach Vuletic is a catcher, you know, and so do we? Do you go that way? Do you just kind of reshift, shuffle your outfield and have him mm-hmm. come catch, you know, and, and you don't lose a DH? Uh, that's a big moment to throw a guy in for the first time in the season in game action, but uh, there's those kinds of things. There's a bunch of dudes that, that can play, and that's what this class shows. So time will tell. I would say, just my own opinion, they're going to be in the portal a little bit more than they have in the past. It's not where they live a ton. They get a few guys that, like a Gavin Cash and a Hester and, and things like that. I would think that they're looking for that Monteverdi, Andrew Morris kind of immediate impact pitcher to come in, maybe from a lower level that comes up, that kind of thing, uh, and maybe a couple other portal guys. I would just kind of expect when you look at this team, where your deficiencies have been this year, generally on the mound, you know, looking for some shutdown guys. Monteverdi is absolutely killing it in Double A right now. It's just incredible what he's doing. So, and he was great for you here as a left-hander and, and coming out of a lower level. So, um, I, I would expect. Some older guys are going to move on that maybe surprise us a little bit. There'll be some transfers out, as there always are. Uh, you've got some class opportunities. It's just can you get them here, which this is probably one of the bigger can you get them here years. Last year you had four guys drafted uh, out of the class. There was three high school guys and a transfer out of Tarleton. Uh, you ended up with two of them. Zane Petty was one. Travis Sanders was the other. Got injured, didn't get, end up getting to play this year. So um, if you can get a couple of these guys that are that are on draft boards on campus, it makes those decisions harder. You know, then those conversations like, hey, we need a spot for this guy, and you got to figure all that out. But uh, I'm also really curious to see just how the NIL plays into this. Now that the 10,000 
per guy has been, you know, the guarantee from the Matador Club has been announced. How does that change the equation a little bit uh, for some of these young guys? Because the interesting thing in, in pro baseball over the past, I'd say, 10 years, there used to be a time where, you know, it was 20% of the draft was college guys, you know, 20, 25%. Now you're looking at 50 every year easily because the pros are looking, hey, we've cut the draft down. Look at college baseball. High-level college baseball is incredible. It's I would equate it with high A or double A as far as the minor leagues go. They're getting top-notch education, top-notch um, conditioning, top-notch nutrition, all that stuff, you know, uh, management of injuries, all those kind of things. And Major League Baseball is looking like, hey, that's a free ride. Like, let that guy go develop there, and we'll take him and fast-track him, you know, afterwards. And so I think those conversations happen, too, on that other side when you look at the draft and those teams are saying, hey, education, college is a great place for you to finish developing, and you're not going to languish on the bus with us. So you were reading that, because I never stopped to think about that before, I guess, but you were talking about single A and things like that and the development of players Mm -hmm. and resources that they have. How does Power 5 baseball compared to that level of minor league baseball as far as, like I said, nutrition and all the, uh, I mean, just all the things that colleges do now for student-athletes, how does it compare to minor league? So I would say all of those things compare to probably AAA. I mean, as far as, like, the resources that you have and and the the coaching and those things, um, I think competitively, High-level college baseball is probably a high-A, double-A kind of conversation just from a competition standpoint. I mean, there's no no illusion. Like, you know, College World Series is not competitive with Major League Baseball. Like, it's right. not the same, you know. But they're, all, they're still amateurs there. But, um, yeah, from the, from the support and resources standpoint, yeah, yeah high-level baseball is, is – college baseball is really – you know, those AAA teams are usually geographically close and have access to a lot of the Major League – things you know that provide them opportunity and and help and growth and all that kind of stuff and i think that 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 that's a comparability there Uh, and the other thing is just growing up you know and it's like hey do we want this 18 year old or do we want to get him as a 21 year old after he's you know kind of learned the ropes i mean and we've talked about the length of season but it's a big change going from high school where you're practicing once a day and you're playing 30 35 games and all of a sudden you're playing you know 50 60 games and you're practicing non-stop and you're, you know, you're starting in the – really, you're playing summer ball, you're doing fall camp, you're going into the season, you know, you're playing into the summer. Like, th- that's a big change mentally for a young guy, you know, and to juggle the responsibilities of that. Because the thing that struck me in talking to some of Tech's current pro players and really even some of their big leaguers is you think of it as like – it's kind of like college where they're taking you along and here's your schedule and here's all the things you're doing and we're keeping up with you. And no, it's your job. You know, you show up or you don't show up. If you don't show up, you're not going to be a baseball player anymore. You know, it's up to you. Uh, Parker Kelly actually was telling me about that one time. Like, yeah, man, I mean, they want to grow me, and and I'm getting my chance, and that's what I want, but it's up to me to do it, you know, to go out there and to take advantage of of what they're providing. So it's interesting. You know, you need a kid that is – that is uh, mature enough to get in and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's an it's a interesting dynamic. They have a, it's a tough decision to put in front of a family and a kid oh, that yeah. young, you know. Yeah. And so the money matters, but, you know, the signing bonuses and things like that, but uh, there's a lot that they weigh. And so, and, and you know, hats off to them. J. Bob Thomas, Matt Gardner, and Tim Tadlock do a great job. I mean, from their side, like giving them honest information and all the, you know, honest, I mean, obviously they want to get them to campus, but there's no, like, say, I mean, there's a salesman component to that, but it's all 
all honest and, and upfront. And I think that that's why you see the classes you see here because they appreciate that. They appreciate, hey, they shot me straight. They told me exactly where I stood, uh, and and I knew that I could come and get developed. Yeah. You know, At reset and Big Twelve Championship again. Tech doesn't play today. Tomorrow they play Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, who's going to have to beat Tech twice. How do you see Tech finishing out this weekend? I, I definitely, man. Bedlam, to, Bedlam tonight will be at 6.30 uh, between those two. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Tech is a really good – you're in a good spot. You can't be in a better spot than the winner's bracket going into Saturday with a day off while they're burning another day of pitching. Uh, so, yeah, you need you need Zane Petty to come out and throw another gym like he did – has, you know, recently. And uh, I think Tech has a really good shot. Those bats keep going. Uh, you've been successful against both of those teams now. They're both very different teams, very different offenses. Uh, personally, I'd rather face Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma's offense is just something different, you know, right now. And they, they're very aggressive and, and will play against your weaknesses. But um, I think that Tech has a real shot to get that win at 1230 tomorrow and find themselves in a, in a championship series. And, and you can't ask for more. You know, and as I've said many times, today's the last day when it comes to selection. I mean, they're not paying a lot of attention after this. And so, but Tech is in a spot now to, to continue to improve your standing and potentially get into a two-seed. And to me... Two, three, two seed, three seed doesn't change your, your regional path a ton. I mean, you're playing those are the two teams playing each other, um, but it can change your seeding a little bit. And as much as the NCAA says, hey, you know, we, we're sending people based on regionalization, yeah, but the, the top hosts get the lower twos, you know, and the lower threes. I mean, that's just kind of how it works out. And so if you can work yourself into one of the weaker hosts, uh, like you had last year, you know, in Georgia Southern, that's not a bad spot to be in, you know. Or if you're if you're the two and they have a little bit weaker three, not a bad thing. Yeah. All right, is it is it time? Do you have uh, yet it all teed up? Yeah, here? Did you well, find any good ones? Not, not, I don't have two. I really don't have good ones. Let's dump the dugout. <laughs> well, I, just real quick, uh, just Josh Young, already rookie of the year. Man, he sure has made a case. What, what are you looking <laughs> at me for? You don't have it? No, I mean, I got some. I just yeah. wanted to throw that out. I mean, he's <laughs> he was AL Rookie of the Month. I, I mean, he's he's do, he's in double-digit home runs now. I mean, very excited for him. And, and, man, the defense that he is putting on the field really speaks volumes, and that's going to be the key. I mean, the bombs get the highlights, but the defense is what will keep him in the league, for one. And, and I think that the Rangers are going to push him for it, for sure. And I think there's a real opportunity for him. Pretty cool. And just because you're, you're like a, a, a baseball geek, with all the, the, the stats, just how is Jace Young doing? And I, I don't even know where he is. Jace is in high A. He's with the West Michigan Whitecaps. Um, he's doing okay. He's had a little bit of a slower start to the season. He's actually, his, his stat line is not dissimilar from Josh. Of course, he's in high A, you know, but uh, it, most people probably don't realize that Jace was injured all last season. He was dragging a leg around. If you watched him run, you kind of knew that, that that was going on. So he didn't have much that he was able to do in his short season in pro ball last year. So hopefully back healthy. You know, he's batting in the in the 250 range-ish right now and, and doing okay. So I'm not expecting a big, you know, an immediate push-up to double A for him, but he's, yeah. he's holding his own and, and learning the ropes. I feel like I've asked you both, but, but like Zach Reams, where is he? So Zach Reams went to the Mets organization, and uh, he didn't last real, real long. I think he, he ended up in A-ball and, and has retired since then, gotten married. Why would you know that? Well, it is in front of me, but <laughs> I, mean, I, you know what I, mean? I built the website, Pete, so I remember putting them in, you know. <laughs> and I did go, I had to go back and look last week because Jamadric, or uh, yeah, it was Jamadric McGruder, <laughs> yeah. he finished in A-ball. Orlando Garcia finished in high A-ball. Yeah. <laughs> Got another one? Yeah. So, uh, I, Jared just asked how I got the information originally. There's some really great sites. 
Um, Minor League Baseball has a great site where you can keep up with these guys, and so that's part of what I do. And, and on my website, when you go to the current Red Raiders and the pros, all of them are – it says profile under all their pictures. That goes to their minor league profile, so you can see this year's stats and that kind of stuff. Uh, but Baseball Cube and uh, Baseball Reference are great resources, and so I was actually able to run a list of every major – or every pro player – that, and draftee that Tech has ever had. Then I built my own spreadsheets from that because the wrinkle in that, there's guys that played pro ball that came back and, like, got a degree at Tech, you know, and 20 years later that end up on that list. Or there's old football players at Tech when you didn't have a baseball program, you know, in those middle years between 26 and 53 uh, that went and played baseball instead of football that end up on that list. I don't usually kind of count those guys. So I've made my own spreadsheets over the years now to kind of keep up with where they used to be and, where they're going to be now, man? I feel like a loser. I, you know, I, 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 I laid on the couch last night, watched some TV. I mean, you know, that's a lot. He built a database. I know, man. There is a nerd. There is a nerd level, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Should do it though, man. It's great information. So, and that just also goes to the fact that once a Red Raider, always a Red Raider. People want to know where these guys go yeah. on to after they give their heart and soul to Tech. No, I agree, and that's. I'll, I'll give you an example of that. And I've been very vocal this year. I love Nolan Hester. I think he has been an incredible player. It was so cool for him to get his 200th career hit in college as a Red Raider. Um, awesome kid, awesome family, and uh, was talking to him the other day, and, and he I don't think he's expecting to get to play pro ball. I mean, he doesn't hit for power. He's not exceptionally fast. You know, if he gets his shot, I would assume he would give it a go, but uh, he's getting his MBA, and he's like, man, I'm going to be around next year and be finishing school, so he wants to come down and heckle with the hecklers next year, which there's no better heckler than a guy that knows everybody in the dugout. You know, so <laughs> you, help, you get to heckle your own team, you know, then. So, no, I, I, that is what is really cool is getting to see these guys chase their dream, and then just live their lives, you know, yeah. getting married, having kids, and, and, you know, starting careers and all that kind of stuff. And Hester's made a base 44 games in a row? Yeah, that... he's reached safely 44 games in a Do row. Do we know what the Red Raider record is? I don't know that one Was off Clint, the top of my head. Clint Bryant one. Remember him back in the oh, yeah. day? Didn't he's, he your home, he's your career home runs leader. He's probably on that top ten list for okay. sure. Yeah. I need to, I'll pull that up here when we're done and, and see what the actual record is. Yeah, I'm but, just curious. Yeah. And 44 is solid. I don't even, I don't, I don't know if they've tracked that streak. Probably you know, not. Uh, as far as a record, you know, but that There's is a guy who can yeah. do it. His name is Keith Patrick. <laughs> Pearl Snap. <laughs> Mike Gustafson is probably out there listening, like rattling off his name, his yeah. home address. That's you know. another one, dude. You guys are on the Mount Rushmore of tech knowledge. That's right, yeah. All right, Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout. Uh, before we let you go, uh, tell everybody how to follow your work. Yeah, absolutely. RedRaiderDugout.com. I have the Red Raiders and the pros on there, so always keep up with that. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy doing these with Pete every week. And then uh, at, at Red Raider Dugout on Twitter, most active there. And then uh, Dinger Derby Podcast, we post it on the website and all the social media and wherever you find podcasts. Myself and David Collier talking about Texas Tech baseball. We'll be back uh, doing that again probably after Selection Show. We'll recap the Big 12 tournament and, and uh, Selection Monday, see what regionals are going to hold. All right. Well, um, good luck, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in your quest of building the more database stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. Love Thanks. a chance to make a spreadsheet. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> we're, 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 all, we're all counting on you, as you know, and no pressure. But have a nice Memorial Day weekend. Hey, y'all too. too. You know, be hey, safe appreciate y'all having me. All right. Uh, so when we come back here, uh, it's time to talk some Lubbock Matador soccer head coach Paul Gilbert and also uh, Marcus Krogstad joining us to uh, talk about the season thus far. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101. 
It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Chrome, Standard Sales, B-Equipment, and the Texas Cafe. The Lubbock Matadors. All right, joining us now, the Rockin' Pre-Game Show, head coach Paul Gilbert and also Marcus Krogstaw uh, here today. And Marcus, uh, this I guess your first appearance with us. Welcome to the Rockin' Pre-Game Show. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Where are you from? I'm from Norway, uh, oh, okay. from a small city called Shem. All right. What, how, how does Lubbock compare to Norway? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I would say, first of all, warmer. A lot more warmer. Yeah. So yeah. we do cross-country skiing. We have a lot of snow in Norway. Yeah. But here, wow, it's, it's so nice to be in the heat again. Wow. So I was going to say, like, what is summer like in Norway? I mean, how hot does it actually get? I would say keep it under 80. Okay. That's oh, like yeah. normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's like uh, that's like December for us. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you, you 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 come and join the Lubbock Matadors. What was your thought? I mean, obviously they had big crowds last year. What what kind of drove you to to come play for the Matadors? Uh, like I did my research before I came here. Uh, of course, the fans, uh, the community. First of all, the fans is amazing. <laughs> I was like, I heard they had four, four or five thousand fans. Uh, of course, I believed it, but I didn't know how to react to it. I guess. Yeah. But the first game, the response, everything around, wow, it was amazing. And I scored the goal, second goal as well. Uh, the crowd so loud, it was. <laughs> It was all warming, if you know what I mean. It was it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, the first game against Brownsville, uh, I mean, it was pretty uh, cantankerous between you guys. I mean, there's some physical play, and uh, uh, I, I know that type of win has to be even sweeter to beat some guys who were kind of just doing what they were doing. Oh, 100%. Like, they were playing dirty the yeah. whole game. Uh, we had a, one of our teammates got hit in the stomach without the referees seeing it. I got stepped on the foot uh, on purpose. Uh, but just taking the W after that was even better when they were like that dirty and that talky and everything. It was, it was amazing. Well, it was 1-1 and you got to take a penalty kick and you make it, but something happened there and you had to take another one so what was your mentality on that because then you had to do it again yeah at, at the second one is pure mental game um i like like of course i practiced shooting to the right before that game um and i sent the goalkeeper the wrong way wrong way so i didn't know what to do 100 percent. i just had to do something and go 100 percent with it and it worked well, and then just to, to get that first win and three points, and, uh, and then you see your coach, Paul Gilbert, jumping around. He got up. I mean, he, everybody was just so pumped up out there. It was incredible. It was, it was, it was incredible. It was a really nice feeling. Well, and then you go on the road, uh, your, your first game on the road, and, uh, man, it's a, it's a tough one. You guys jump out to a, a one nothing lead on, on a big kick from you. Yeah, it was. It was a free kick from kind of far away. Uh, also practicing my free kicks. Uh, recently, so I just felt sure that I was going to do something about it. So yeah. Well, and then just to come away with a, you know a one-one tie with, with Galos uh, and, and playing that game in Mansfield uh, to pick up another point. How big is that for this team that's you know still trying to find themselves and and gel? I mean, you got guys from all over coming here to Lubbock to play. Yeah, the one point is really important. So you got Big Sam, the goalkeeper, saving us yeah. to get that point at the last last minute. Uh, so yeah, that, that was important. Now Central Texas uh, tomorrow night. Is it tomorrow night? Yeah. So I mean, back on the road. What's your thoughts now to try to get some more points? Well, we we're gonna try our best, of course. Um, tough, tough opponent. Uh, it's always hard to to away games. It's always hard. Uh, you never know 100% what to expect. 
But I guess we just have to do our best and just stick with it 100%. Marcus, what, what is so special about this coaching staff and the fans? You've, you've played. What is so different that has been made you so excited about being a Matador? So, of course, I know the coaching staff from before. I have them at my college in Indiana Tech. Uh, so I know how good coaches they are, how good people they are, how good like they take care of everyone. Um, so that was a no-brainer for me. That was the first thing, of course, coach um, asking me to come. And then also you have the fans around. Like, how can I not say no to the Mosuls and the fans and the community around? It's it's amazing. How has it been just gelling with guys? I mean, it's kind of like an Olympic melting pot. You guys coming from all over. How has that been? Surprisingly easy. It really is. We're all college students. Uh, all of them are, we have the same idea, I guess. Like, we all want to win. We all want to make friends. We all want to have a good summer. Like, it's, it's still a summer. So we all want to have a good time as well. Like, become really good friends and everything. So I guess that helps really good. Yeah, it helps. And that first game, I mean, you're up 2-1, and then right at the last second, I mean, they had two right on the doorstep there that could have tied it. I mean, just to play such a physical game that, that was, you know, h hung in the balance till the end and the pull out a win, that's got to really help this team moving forward. Yeah, 100%. Like, you see the last, there was a chance at the last minute. Right. And you saw two of our teammates just jumping in with everything they got to save that three-pointer. It was, yeah, that's how we kind of do it. We do everything we can yeah no doubt all right. about it and all so, right then now uh, coach paul gilbert uh, stepping stepping in here coach thanks for being here again on the rock and pregame and uh some some of your what what's some of oh, we tr trade now here sean what are we doing here okay all right get all situated there all right Anyway, coach yeah how you doing yeah i'm good I'm <laughs> now we good. got y'all hooked uh, up there all right a lot of traveling but we're good we're ready to go okay so marks gave some of his thoughts about uh, about the big win there what uh, some some of your uh, thoughts there yeah so um obviously super happy with this with the results uh, anytime you can come in and get three points right away especially against one of the better teams in the league i think i think you're happy with that uh going back and watching film really happy with the way we defended uh, in the low zone and, and think think we can do some things to prevent prevent them from getting there uh, and obviously our attack is a work in progress right like I think our system is pretty unique and so it's going to take some time for players to, to get a really good handle on that well that's such a big win against Brownsville coach because uh, you know it, it, they kind of made it personal and uh, you know had some uh, entitlement type attitude and stuff and I just know afterwards you were pretty excited to, just to get that win again over those guys. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, that that was that was the one the one game coming into this year that I circled on my calendar. You know, last year we lost to them in a game that we thought we should have won. Uh, they had a lot of things to say and some things that shouldn't be said on a football pitch. And you know, it just it it, it came up again again uh, the other night and. There, there are certain things in football that, that don't belong, and I think we see that on the world stage, and, you know, it, it continues to happen with the same team. And for me, like, uh, that was the emotion at the end of the game is, is, is just kind of happy that we could get three points and, and kind of stay above the fray, so to speak, and, uh, and uh, get ready for, for the rest of the year. What did you think first game at the, at, at the Pirate Stadium and the crowd of over 4,300? A good first start. Yeah, I mean, the, the fans are incredible. The Mozos are incredible. 
uh, the Mozos are a supporters group for for those that don't know. And uh, you know, it it it's I expected it, but every time you see it, it, it just gives you that that great feeling to know that you're you have supporters and you have people in your corner and that are behind the team, and that pushed us. That pushed us on to kind of defend down down a man in those last few minutes and make a couple key blocks and uh, I'm glad we could we could send them home uh, with, with a good result you're such an attacking team and yet versus Brownsville you were forced to go on the counterattack, which is something that is not really traditionally what you like to do how has this team been able to do what is not normal to them to get the points yeah so I think the first match uh, the we, we kind of got caught in our low zone a little bit in the first half. Uh, we, we weren't preventing them from switching the point of attack very well, which was allowing them some space in wide areas to advance the ball. And uh, I thought we made an adjustment in the second half, and we defended much higher. Uh, with that, I would say we trained throughout the week the ability to counterattack because I, we saw how, how they like to build with uh, this big shape and a lot of spaces in between. Uh, their their defenders and so for us the first goal is is a picture perfect goal from training like it went straight from the training ground happened in the game Pablo Galatero Diaz is a one man counter attack as you guys know and so um, obviously Matar did a great job of of reading cues and pressing and winning possession one dribble pass goal uh, easy as you like and and for us that was that was a tactical uh, specific element that we wanted and we got it. The MPSL has made a, a, a focus for their officials not to allow gang refereeing where players after a call come up to a referee. And there still seems to be that. Plus, there's a lot of car, more cards this year than, there, than they've been in previous years. Is it because of new ways that the MPSL is refereeing? Or is it a, a matter of just it's a more aggressive game right now? Yeah, so I think there are a lot of a lot of contributing factors. Um, with Brownsville in particular, I, th- I think they're they're always going to surround the referee. I've seen it in every single one of their games. Uh, it's nothing new, and until the league puts a stop to it, it it'll continue. Uh, that game is was also, you know, I've, I've I've went back and watched the film, and there's a lot of stuff happening off the ball that if the official doesn't see it or they don't take care of it the players will police it and that's what you saw happen is at the second half our guys we're going to protect ourselves if the official is not going to protect us and to be fair i actually thought the official in the in the brownsville game got the big calls correct and that's really what i look for and so i i I actually the the second yellow as the somebody threw the ball into the field in the last minute and it bounces off our kid's foot and uh, he gets a second yellow. I, I mean, I guess you could dispute that. And I, I, I actually don't think the official knew it was his second yellow because he gave it. And then, I like a minute went by, and then he looked at his book and he realized, oh, he's he's on a second. And so then he gave the red. Um, but yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of stuff happening off the ball in that game that that starts these these little little tussles i would say well coach you know you got some of the bottom half of the of the league playing up next how important is it to try to rack up as many points and keep this good start going 
every every single game in this league is is incredibly important, and that, that that's one of the reasons we were so happy with the Brownsville because the Brownsville match because you you take three points off a very good team who's not going to lose many games. Um, and you know, I think that the the games we have coming up, any team in this team in this league can beat you. So we're not going in thinking, oh, this team hasn't won or this team's in the bottom of the league. We're going in with a business mindset of we need to get three points and we need to do whatever it takes to get three points and until that the final whistle blows we are going to attack 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 and and try to get those three points well, central texas tomorrow night and then next week you're back home yeah yeah thank goodness it feels like uh feels like we've traveled a lot of road here in the last uh four days but um that's that's what the schedule is so cannot wait for june 2nd to get home in front of the lubbock faithful and the mozos and uh it, it's just so much better when we're playing at home when well, hopefully more people come out and maybe they're just hearing about it now i was there saturday it was unbelievable especially when you won i was i mean it was all in the balance there till the end uh how can people get tickets for next week coach yeah so you can go to lovingmatadors.com and get tickets there um if you want to contact somebody from our front office obviously all the the information is online and you know we we just want to say again we love the support it's incredible when the energy that they provide and the atmosphere of the match i, I think there's something for everyone there so there's your soccer enthusiasts that want to be with the mozos and chant and all this stuff and then you've got the family of four who just wants to enjoy a beautiful lubbock summer night and uh have a good time and i think i think you can do both well i love the smoke bombs and i love hearing a kid oh, yeah. from norway say he loves lubbock texas oh, that's awesome yeah it's, That's very cool. It's so special. Well, it's a special thing we got going here. Yeah. All right, head coach Paul Gilbert from Lubbock Matadors. Also, want to say thank you to uh, Marcus Krogstaff for uh, dropping by. He's grabbing some lunch here above his 33. If you haven't had lunch yet, get out here because let's face it, it's Memorial Day weekend and uh, make a three-day weekend. Well, at this point, I guess it'd be three and a half day weekend if you if you join us right now but uh but why not you know, nobody wants to work the rest of the day do you want to work the rest of the day pete i have to no oh, okay. I'm, no, I'm, I'm working sorry. all day rub that in. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not working after this, so, yeah. oh good for you yeah how about that so uh, anyway well good luck in the uh, rest, rest of the rest of season and yeah uh, that didn't sound very sincere come on pete, you get to work the rest of the day <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> snarky there pete yeah. all right well uh, coach uh hopefully talk to you uh, next week yes absolutely thank you guys. all right very good we come back here you know uh with memorial day weekend being kind of the the start of summer, maybe unofficially, but I think we all look at it that way. What are the things that we're looking forward to seeing in the fall when it comes to Texas Tech? I mean, obviously football. I mean, but uh, we'll we'll get some of those thoughts coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Live from Bubba's 33 on Rock. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rock and Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right, here we are. It's the uh, kickoff of the summer season, Memorial Day weekend. Man, a lot of people getting out of town today, and maybe got to head to the lake, heading to the beach, just heading out of town. Or like me, I'm just I'm going to sit around the house as much as possible, do very little, and uh, just cook a lot, uh, cook out a lot. So. Staycations can be the best. Oh man, yeah. sometimes the most relaxing thing yeah. you can do, man. Very low stress. So I'm looking forward to that. But I got actual vacation coming up here. I get went in July, I guess. So it won't be too long for you to do that. But uh, all right, so uh, now the summer's upon us, and uh, you start looking forward to, uh, you know, the fall, all the sports in the fall. 
football, obviously, is going to be uh, number one and number two and number three of what I'm looking forward to in the fall for sure. But I can't, I can't wait for college football to return. But Texas Tech this year, man, the optimism and just everything that's happening right now, man, you just want to get get into this season and, and see what uh, see what it's going to look like. So I, I, I know unequivocally that's that's what I'm looking forward to in the fall. Well, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm on the road next week. I don't know where Texas Tech baseball is going, so I got to rally with those guys as long as they go. And then before football, I'm super excited about the TBT this summer. I mean, yeah. July 19th, they just added Todrick Gocher with all these other guys. Uh, man, it's going to be exciting, and I hope uh, you know people pack that USA and J- July 19th million dollar tournament coming to town, and then. Then I'll be all excited about football. All right, for yeah, sure. See, I'm already looking ahead to football. That TBT well, you cool. should be. Yeah, now, I'm, I'm, I am anxious for that. But man, now we're at like 100 days, or is it 99 days or 100 days 99. from the first game? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Once Solid. it gets to that point, man, you can start. Oh, you, you can start smelling the tailgating. You know, I mean, I, I can't wait. What, what about you, Jared? Yeah, I'm looking forward to some beach time. I'm not even gonna lie. And then. Uh, <laughs> We'll go, like I said, Padre next week, Florida later, uh, may even, but then may even go up to Colorado, so beach and mountains. Uh, you know, work hard, play hard. And this yeah. is the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll be covering recruiting. <laughs> June will be big. Excuse me. I expect them to get several commits. But then really, uh, I can't remember the exact dates, but it's like mid-July every year, uh, Big 12 Media Day. And it's going to be interesting. Uh, they're, they're doing every team on both days of Big 12 Media Day. Yep. When they used to do split it up, right, which, yeah. is, of course, forces everybody to be there both days, which I get, you know, I get why they want to do that. Uh, is that why they're doing it that way? It, that's just my suspicion. I don't know. I haven't yeah. asked anybody. You know, uh, and that's fine. You know, it's not, it's not a bad gig, that's for sure, at uh, Jerry World in Arlington. But uh, after that, you come back, they'll do a local media day, fall camp, and it's all, man. Yeah. You know? Uh, Training camp, fall camp, when as much as they allow us to be there, is great. Um, it's that's it really gets serious in terms of football then. Um, so then it's I mean it's go time for everybody, uh, and yeah I, I expect I've said it multiple times but I expect a monster season, a the best season at least since 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of Texas Tech football, you got you start at Wyoming, which look Tech's gonna be favored. They should win that game, you know, by a couple touchdowns at least, but. Uh, I mean, Wyoming's a bowl team. They're a Division One team. You're playing up there, and it's high elevation. I mean, it's not a directional. No, nah, you're I mean, not you're playing there. Tarleton State to open the season. That's right. later, you know. Uh, so, but then you come home. Then you go home, and hopefully, Sean's Field will be ready. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, the you know the field at the stadium will be ready and everything. And uh, <laughs> and you got Oregon coming in, man. And there's a lot of ties. I mean, DeRuiter, the defensive coordinator, uh, Marcel Yates, your secondary coach. Uh, also came from Oregon. Obviously, uh, Tyler Shuck uh, left there. You know, so there's a lot of ties to Oregon, and you know that's a, that's a marquee game. That's one of the better non-conference games at home that I can remember. Yeah. What Arizona State, which I mean, yeah. Oregon's a bigger yeah. deal than Arizona oh, yeah, State. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that's really exciting. Uh, and then you got Big 12 Conference, and uh, you know, I, I think I really do expect when Tech goes to Texas, what the Friday after Thanksgiving to end the season, that there's going to be a lot on the line for both teams. And yeah. Considering, you know, OU and UT are leaving, just that, that's that's huge, you know. And all the new teams are going to play. I'm excited. You know, yeah, Beal and uh, I guess you're, you're playing what everybody but Cincinnati. Is that yeah. right? Yep. So and then Houston, I guess, isn't new, but still, you know, it get, amps up a little bit with it being right. a little more juice with it being a Big 12 game. So 
Yeah, uh, I'm very optimistic. I'm very excited about the season, and, but I'm also equally excited about some beach time as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll enjoy the beach time. I'm that's, going to, that, man. That's that's cool. I hope all I right. make it back. You know? All right. Yeah, yeah, we'd like, like you to come back. Uh, so, yeah, right. that'd be awesome. All right, one more thing to do before we close out the show and get on with Memorial Day weekend. we got the rundown. Uh, coming up next year, uh, three questions. No time to think, which, you know, probably don't do a lot of that anyway. But the rundown is next. The Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame live from Bubba's 33. It's the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Wiley Implement, Pete's Tires, and Chrome. It's the rundown. Jeff. Yeah. What seed will the Red Raiders <laughs> be in the NCAA baseball tournament? Two or three? Um, yes. No, I think uh, if they if they win the tournament, then probably a good shot they're a two. But ultimately, I, I don't know. I still I just think they're going to be a three. Okay, Jarrett, when the Red Raider ba- ba- basketball team has filled all their scholarships, what's three words that you will have to describe those three additional players? Let's freaking go. <laughs> nice. So he's ready to get to the beach. <laughs> and Pete. Who is the Texas Tech baseball MVP? Is it Gavin Cash or Mason Molina? I, I got to go with Gavin Cash. I mean, you, you get him from the Longhorns. He's hit 24 home runs so far. Uh, hit some big ones to get you wins. Uh, I, I got to go Cash. Uh, yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Cha-ching, cha-ching. That is your rundown. So, fast. I like that. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. All right, Buddy. y'all, uh, everybody enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, you know, with all the fun of Memorial Day weekend and, you know, kicking off summer and all the cooks at cookout, going to the beach, the lake, all the stuff, it's always important to remember the real reason for Memorial Day, though. I mean, you know, I, think we get, I think a lot of times we, we do get all caught up in all the fun and the three-day weekend, but uh, just remembering the uh, military members who yes. gave the ultimate sacrifice and the families of, of those individuals and what they've gone through all these years. And, uh, you know, just very grateful to uh, to uh, servicemen and women. And I just always like take a moment to, to just remember, you know, what the, the real reason for the right. For Memorial Day, I'm yeah. so glad you said that, Jeff. And that's the reason we get to do that stuff. Exactly is because right, yeah. of the people that have paid that ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, man. And Bubba's has a table over there with a, with a candle, a table that they won't seat the entire weekend oh, for, for Memorial cool. Day in cool. honor of Memorial Day and the soldiers. Yeah, and that's right here in the bar. If you come to Bubba's this weekend, yeah, just be sure and take a look there. That's 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 really a, a cool tribute right there. But have a safe Memorial Day weekend if you're hitting the road today. A lot, there's going to be a lot of traffic. They say it's the biggest uh, Memorial Day weekend since 2005. Lots of folks on the road, so uh, drive safely. And if you're flying somewhere, I hope everything's on time. Good luck. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 1.